Blog Talk Radio. Taylor C. 
sister soldier Williams. My sister, how you doing? I'm fine, Brother Maury. Blessings to you. Uh, now, I want you to correct me. <laughs> Tell me, how do you pronounce your first name? It's Tila. My family pronounces it Tila. Tila. Now, I was explaining to her uh, through an email that the reason why I say Taylor is because my mother uh, was from Honduras, and there's a place there called Taylor, Honduras. So as soon as I saw it, that's what I said. But it is Tila, Sister Soldier Williams, and I want to welcome you to the show, and I just want you to tell the people out there a little bit about yourself. Well, um, folks, I started off with Blog Talk Radio. I can't even remember what year that was. And um, since then, uh, I was un- unsatisfactory with the the way that the network was running. Um, it was pretty successful as a show, but I wanted to do more. And so in order to do so, I've branched out into my own radio station and since then decided to jump into an online television station, which is a very daunting task, to say the least. Mm. Uh, I I understand that you were uh, raised in the military? Oh, yes. Um, My military roots go back to the Civil War with military service to my family. Wow. And I don't think there's ever been a period in the American history that there hasn't been someone in my family in the military. Now, and I now myself you, was in the military. And, and I myself and, was in the military. Right. And, and what I, from what I understand from what I've uh, read is that you have or you have a great 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 grandfather who has a statue in uh or there's a statue or likeness of him in Washington DC. That's correct. One of the Civil War history um that was my great great grandfather. Wow, that's incredible. You all need to check up on that because that's, that's really incredible because not many of our people can uh, actually trace uh, their roots that far back, and that's that's pretty amazing. So tell us about uh, the Big Walk TV and how did it start? Big Walk TV started off as a, as a plan of mine, um, I want to say back in 2010, um, I wanted to do something more. I noticed that YouTube was really, really popular at that time. It still is. But it's it's starting to wane in its popularity. And so that's why I decided to go ahead and instead of just doing a YouTube channel, to go ahead and do a 24-hour television network. It hasn't launched yet. Mm-hmm. But the, the main purpose of Big Walk TV is to promote those people who are, you know, doing their thing but haven't gotten that nod from major networks or major distributors, and hopefully I'll be an outlet for them to get noticed by the people that they want to be noticed by. That's the whole purpose. Now, currently you do have videos on the uh, YouTube channel. What kind of things uh, can we find on the channel? Right now you'll see some... um, videos by Troop. One of the members of Troop is a friend of mine, and he wanted me to make some videos for him. And I'm getting ready to upload probably tomorrow a video of a youth lock-in at a church that I recorded, um, a 30-minute program that a lady commissioned us to come out and do for her because she wants to get on network television. So we're doing a program for her. And also an interview with the 
hip-hop group in New York called the Gecko Brothers, whom I just love dearly. Those are my brothers. And so I'll be um, uploading that interview as well within the next 48 hours. Wow. Now, now becoming, because uh, I've read where you your, your goal, your future, your main vision of uh, the, the network is to become similar to an MTV, BET, or VH1 type of of 24-hour, I mean, uh, programming. What go, what goes into such a a big vision, even now in the beginning stages, if you will? Well, the the basis is, you know, community involvement. I want to make sure that you know nonprofit organizations have a way of raising funds. You know, not everybody has the financial support of huge organizations like Red Cross. And so I want to be an outlet for them as well as for the movie maker, the you know the person that wants to do a television series, playwrights, um, fashion designers to do their fashion shows and things of that nature. But I wanted to make sure that it was done with such quality and every you know and everything else that's involved with that, so that when we do arrive at that station where I have the funds necessary to acquire you know a, a satellite or I'm not sure what it's going to take to get to that point, but I want to be basically what BET could have been, mm. and that is, you know, and you know, not just an entertainment, but also one that, you know, had intellectual pursuits as well. So, so speaking on that, on that right there, what what do you see is the problem with a a or the 24-hour type networks that we see now that is devoted to? Well, used to be mostly devoted to music and certain aspects of the industry. I mean, as we see now, they're devoted to a lot more than that uh, with all these other types of popular reality shows and things like that. What what do you see or when do you, did you see that there was a major uh, shift in its attention and its focus on, I guess you could say, things that are positive and or depending on which network you talk about, uh, uh, a focus on our community? Well, I didn't really see any focus in in the in the community, as it were. It's just commercial interest that I saw pursued on many networks, and that left a foul taste in my mouth. I, I don't want you to produce a show just because it's cheap, like a reality show. You, you know, you're not paying those people a, a large sum of money to expose their lives to the whole entire world. And then when you're done exploiting them, you know, you just go to the next sucker. I don't think that that's correct. And I stopped watching regular television as a result of that because there was really very few things on there that, that spoke to me as a person. I'm not the nosy type of person, so I don't want to see a reality show. I'm not that nosy about people's everyday lives. I have my own. I have my own um, heaven and hell that I go through on a daily basis. I, I don't want to see anyone else's. Right. So, so speaking of, uh, let, let's talk. Let's go a little back into time, right? Uh, okay. You have always been on this mission to find truth, and True. there was a point in your uh, in your childhood where you were being uh, reprimanded for reading nonfiction books. What was that all about? Oh my! I wow. do my homework. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my goodness, I'm surprised. 
<laughs> um, yeah, ever since I was a child, you know, I, I, once I re- realized what truth versus um, lies were, I didn't want to consume lies if I didn't have to. So even as a child, I, I always stayed in the nonfiction section of the library. The library became my best friend. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. Because to me, if there was something that you wanted to know about or how to do, you would find it in the library in a book. So I stayed in in the nonfiction section. And one time in elementary school, I believe it was um, second or third grade, my teacher was upset with me. She said, how are you going to develop an imagination if you don't read fiction? And I'm like, lady, you don't know my lifestyle. You you don't know the, you know, I've seen enough things to, you know, you can always imagine things a better world. So you don't need a book to, you know, steer you in the direction of having an imagination. It's something that every human is, you know, innately has. Everyone has dreams, and dreams is imagination. It takes an imagination to have a dream. So I don't, I don't see the need to, you know, read a book to see somebody else's dream. I have my own. Mm-hmm. And so that's always been my, my main focus. You know, there's always something to learn about. There's, you know, there's always something to figure out how to do. There's, there's still things to this day I wish I knew how to do. Mm-hmm. And so I stay in, in nonfiction sections, how-to books. Um, right. That That's my, you know, you want to make my day, my Christmas, my birthday, whatever you want to celebrate, I don't care. If it's an excuse for you to give me a book, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. So when when you when you uh, conceived this whole idea, because it didn't just start with Big Walk TV, of course. You were all. No. You also had the R uh, W R T X Radio. Uh, yes. What was that? What was that about? What, what did you do on that show? Because I, I think I remember that. That was after Block Talk, right? Right, that was after Blog Talk. Um, I wanted to start a radio station to promote independent music because uh, just like with television, I was not satisfied with radio either. So um, my small thinking at that time was like, well, I'll just do an online radio station and just play music by independent artists. And, you know, I didn't care if I liked them or not. As long as they weren't connected to a major label, I was going to help them, you know, Succeed and do their thing. If it catches fire, wonderful. And at that, that time, was, did you did you think about did you even think about moving at that time, or was that going to be the big vision? That was at that time the big vision, but mm. unfortunately, the person that I had helping me at that time mm. um, had a different vision and kind of took over. Right. And so once that relationship dissolved, I just allowed the radio station and that vision to dissolve. And after, you know, some healing took place, I decided to expand my vision and go on to television. Right, right, right. So so what what would, what type of advice? We're going to get into uh, the future of the Big Walk TV, but I, I want you to really uh, give a good word of advice to the young people because there are – uh, young people out there that will be listening to this are listening to this, and they see even just in the short time, you know, you've done a lot, you've uh, uh, created a lot of ideas, and now it seems to be culminating into the Big Walk TV idea. But what would you say to them about taking, you know, whatever idea they may have at this point in time and and seeing it all the way through? 
that that right there would be the key thing. Whatever God has for you is for you. If that idea was planted in your mind, then you should pursue it and see what comes of it. The original idea may not end up being the idea. It could end up being greater. You never know, but unless you take that first step, you'll never go anywhere. If it just stays stagnant, that vision, that idea will go someplace else and someone else will make it go to fruition. It's, you know, the seed has been sown once the idea is put in your head. And it's your job to water it, pull out the weeds, that's the naysayers and the haters. You know, that's your job. You know, a crop doesn't come just because you went outside and looked at the yard. You have to go out there, plant the seed, and take care of that garden. Wow. Wow, that's really good, really good. Do, do you do you do you feel? Wow, it got tongue tied. Do you feel that uh, now you've been in the military? Do you think that that is was a help to you in being able to be consistent and despite you know things that didn't work out that you were able to continue to go to go forward and and have what you have now and have a vision for what you're going to do in the future? Um, I, I don't want to say that it. It had a profound effect because I've always been a stubborn person. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, going in the, into the military, uh, the backstory to that was I was 30 years old at the time, and my main focus of going in the military was so that I wouldn't be homeless with my children anymore. Right. And for, you know, for children, you know, I was tired of going to homeless shelters and not having a job. So I, I just thought about it. Well, my dad was in the army. We always had a place to stay. So let me go into the army. Mm. And so I did that, and was only able to stay for two years because my chain of command did not. Um, they didn't like me. I'll just say it like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They didn't like me. Um, I was too smart. I, I was around a bunch of people who evidently weren't as intelligent as I was. So I played dumb a lot. But, you know, someone let my training records out and they found out how smart I really was. And since then, it it became a living hell. And, you know, they found a way to let me out gently. They tried to strip me of everything while I was there. They really did. But, you know, God is bigger than man's plans on any day. So he made sure that I was able to get out with my um, honorable discharge and everything, you know, and all the plans that they set up failed as you know god's you know as a child of god you just gotta sit back and say see that was nothing but him (laughs) you just gotta you know it depends on where your heart is where your faith is right you you know i wouldn't say the military but you have to have faith in the one that you serve and believe in his promises and that's how things come to pass it doesn't matter what you do per se you just got to hold on. If you do anything, that's all you have to do is hold on to those promises. Right. Wow. Well, you, let me let me tell you something because I've I've known you since I started Blog Talk back in the day, and it, what's interesting is just listening to you. You can see the maturity, and I can definitely be a witness to your maturity because I remember at that time when this search for truth, you know, covered a lot. You know, it covered a lot of different. Uh, areas that you were just seeking answers to different things and to see where you are right now, you know, I'm proud of you because it's taken
taken, you know, whatever amount of time for you to be uh, as strong as you are. And sometimes the length of time has nothing to do with what happens after uh, you manifest what it is that you have in your head and see it, start to see it through. So what can we look forward to seeing on the horizon uh, for Big Walk TV? On the on the horizon, you can see the the website start streaming twenty four hours a day. Um, we're always seeking creative people, and you know, just trying to be an outlet for them. And hopefully, you know, the the main purpose of Big Walk TV is not to just put their work out there, but for them to be compensated for their work so that they can make a living chasing their dreams. And so I take that responsibility on to find the necessary funding to make sure that that can come to fruition. It's just my way of supporting the artistic communities. Well, that that's definitely a good plan. That's definitely a good uh, thing because some people, they go into uh, different types of ideas and they do not even think about the fact that it does take money to do uh, many things. Uh, mm-hmm. All the talent and all the ideas do not, you know, uh, make you get to the next level when it does take financing sometimes to do uh, something or to get you on that next level. So uh, once again, I will ha- I will say that I am proud of you <clears throat> in what you're doing and any help that we can be to you uh, here at the Keys, here at Listening to the People, uh, we just don't hesitate to give me a call or give us a call, and, and definitely uh, we will be there to help you because I think what you're doing is good for the community and it is good uh, for all those who want to find an outlet to express their creativity. And Thank if, you, bro. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, no problem, no problem. If you want to catch Big Walk TV, all you got to do is go to youtube.com forward slash Big Walk TV. If you want to uh, contact my sister here, I mean contact her uh, in person or on the social network, you can get her on Facebook at Lady Soldier, S-O-U-L-D-J-A, at Facebook. And I'm sure she will be able to or be willing to speak to you about uh, being on the Big Walk TV. And that's it for my sister. She is tired and she (laughs) wants to get some rest so i will definitely let her get her rest and um you know come back on the show anytime you want uh to promote what you need to promote to help our people to uh build our communities thank you bro i appreciate it mad love and and peace always all right no problem bye-bye bye-bye well there you have it my brothers and sisters we have people in every walk of life, every background that are trying to do things to help to build our communities. Building our communities, you know, really just means to have an outlet for our people to do things rather than waiting for someone else to do it, but teaching them how uh, to build themselves and to build themselves up. Up next, we have our brother, Jay Stan McCauley, he is a former mayoral candidate, if you can believe that. Uh, he's from uh, Hartford, Connecticut. He has a episodic movie coming out, and we're going to talk about that word, episodic, in a minute. <laughs> and um, he has a movie out. It's called The Snitch, not Snitch. I think that is with uh, 
Dwayne Johnson, but this is The Snitch, and it is a very good movie with a very good message. And as I said, it's episodic, which means it's going to be going on for at least, uh, I believe, 26 episodes. So we will be right back with my brother after this.
We are King's Kids. We are King's Kids. Yes, we are King's Kids. That is uh, King's Kids by Kingdom from 1988, I believe it was. Yeah, 1988. Um, And my brother here had something to do with that album, from what I understand. And I joined Kingdom after that. So um, I had not met him till recently. And in speaking with him, he is a brother that cares for his community in Hartford, Connecticut. And we're going to find out some of the things that he is doing. This brother is a former mayoral candidate. He is a, an executive producer. He is a director. He is a cameraman. He is, you name it, he's done it and is doing it. My brother, Jay Stan McCauley, how are you doing? Hello, my brother. How are you? I'm doing well. Glad to have you on the show. It's good to be on. Thanks for the uh, the invite. It's um, you know the uh, today's technology is a wonderful thing. Yes. Well, I, how I I got in contact or saw some of your work was uh, I was looking up some things for uh, Ronnie Ronnie Song to have him on the show, and I came up over this interview. I think it was done around the time that you were running for mayor. And uh, I was, I can't say shocked, maybe surprised, because I didn't know he did interviews like that. And so I was listening to the interview, and I said, I definitely have to have him back on, have him on the show. And then as, as after I asked him and he said yes, I started looking at your work, and I was really impressed at the things that you're doing and the heart uh, that you have. So uh, without any further ado, I would like, for you to tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Well, let's see. I, um, as you said, uh, you know, I ran for mayor here in the city of Hartford. Um, kind of uh, one Sunday uh, night, uh, uh, the Lord spoke to me and said, you know, um, stop talking about what's wrong. You know, I don't want you to say another word. I, uh, another word about uh, what's wrong with the city uh, until you do something about it. And, um, you know, I've done uh, long-form expository gospel program for about uh, 20 years or so. And um, I always use the news of the day, events of the day, politics of the day to help make the analogies so people can wrap their head around, uh, you know, the Word of God. And... Um, yeah, I said, you know, with all that's going on and all the prayers and all the sacrifices that people are making, things just seem to be getting worse. It's like, you know, we're rescuing these babies out of the water, but who's throwing the babies in the water? Mm. And so um, I said, it's time to get get out of the get out of the baby rescuing business and go into the into the uh, belly of the of the beast and find out who is throwing these you know tender creatures into the water. And so, uh, you know, being a kind of a political pundit and talking and, you know, pontificating about what's wrong, mm-hmm. I now was on the, uh, in, a, in, a, in a kind of a catch-22 where we'll do something. And so I ran. I ran twice against an incumbent. The last time I ran, I ran against uh, an incumbent who took over for an outgoing incumbent. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, that's how I got... Uh, you know, deeply involved in, um, in in the political structure in Hartford. 
but being a political outsider and somewhat of a malcontent and a dissident and one that doesn't know how to govern his mouth and tongue in, in right social settings, um, that always creates for uh, an interesting time when, when one is political. Mm-hmm. What was it like uh, running for for such an office in in Hartford? I mean, it's it's not, you know, some people we look at it as lay people we look at it from television or look at it from a a individual or individuals that do not have an idea what it takes to run for any kind of office, uh, uh, especially an office like the mayor. What what was the experience like? What did you type of things did you have to go through and make sure were on point? Well, you know, running for office, I would encourage everybody to run for office. I'm of the mindset that, um, you know, the government works for us. You know, they mm-hmm. they are our employees. Mm-hmm. I don't think government officials, elected officials, are royalty by any stretch of the imagination. They're hired help. And I think that the sooner we be, begin to look at them that way, the better. But running for high office, you know, running for mayor or the executive, because I, I I'm not a good, uh, I can do the legislative stuff, but I don't have the temperament as an executive to go through the debate, the, you know, the back and forth, the compromise, the consensus as to where we're going to put these bicycle stands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need them. Put them downtown by McDonald's, and let's call it a day. No, well, you know, they want to buy, you know, this store, that store. And I, I, I just don't have the temperament for that. So let 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 other minds figure that out, and I'll make sure it comes in on budget, uh, under budget, under budget, and on time. But but running for mayor, um, of course, the the electoral government is nothing like we think it is until we run. It's sort of like I, I use the analogy of professional sports. Everyone was shocked when they found out what was going on. You know, the teams were being paid to, you know inflict damage on other players mm-hmm. and uh, people are like oh my goodness is, is, is the football league does this kind of stuff well you're just finding out about it they do all kinds of stuff you just don't know and that's mm-hmm. how electoral politics is you are a representative but who do you represent and unfortunately because our people our communities don't have a financial stake or a people's stake if they come out and vote. We don't have a representative. We have people from, you know, purportedly from our community. They look like us. They may even talk like us. But they're not, they're representing our interests. They're, re- they're, they're chosen from our community. Mm-hmm. And they, rather than to be at the table speaking on our behalf, in my opinion and my observation, they wind up being the gatekeepers mm-hmm. in the community. And so my run for office was like running through the beehive with smoke mm-hmm. because um, of my notoriety in the city, um, the uh, awards and plaques and honors I've received from government and all kinds of other people within the city, mm-hmm. uh, being in a position where you become the unofficial confidant for many people because of your position in clergy in city. Uh, People were not uh, forthcoming, if you will, speaking against me. And Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like, hopefully he bows out of the race. Well, I don't bow out of anything. I stay all the way to the end. But Mm -hmm. then people were forced to have to choose sides. Of course, I was not on the winning side. 
and you got to see the true faces of people. And unfortunately, our community is filled with individuals that are supposed to be representing us, but uh, when they peel back their faces, they belong to other people. You know, wow. I, I, use, I use the term, which may not be politically correct, I don't know how it's received from folks, but I call them other people's Negroes, because they're not ours. <laughs> oh, wow, that's deep. Now, now, when you did, uh, there was, I don't know which race it was, but you got, uh, was it 11, 10% of the votes? Was it, how, how did that go now? Well, I got 10% of the vote count in the last race, which sounds okay. impressive until you realize it was 5,000 votes in a city of 120,000 that won oh. the mayor's that won the mayor's election. Mm-hmm. So there's a tremendous amount of apathy uh, here in Hartford, the fourth poorest city in the country, right. uh, per capita, and it's also right. the state capital. But uh, right. there's an extremely sophisticated plantation governance model here, and mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 there's there is a there is a new crop that's grown in the city. It isn't cotton. It isn't rice. It isn't even opium. It's poverty. And that poverty feeds multitudes. And, and so, um, well, I mentioned I mentioned the amount of vote because even with the the whether people, like you said, you know, think that that was a good amount or they think that oh that wasn't enough. Obviously, wasn't enough. But you were still you stayed positive. And 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 one of the things that you said was uh, because we received ten percent of the votes cash for mayor, we have demonstrated that we have a sizable voting block. That 641 activist voters that know that the power of their vote. Could you expand on that? Well, I'm considered an activist voter. You know, mm-hmm. People vote for or an activist candidate. People vote for um, you know change generally. Mm-hmm. Um, if things are pretty much cool the way they are, people are not going to necessarily come out and vote. So if people come out to vote, they're coming out as an activist, or they're coming out as the the machinery that keeps things going. Mm -hmm. Unless they want real, real change. And so my votes were considered activist voters. Now, the the political, I guess, you know, if you look at it from the political dynamic, the political power there is that 10% 10% of the vote, activist voters. Now, these are people that came out to vote for me, right. which is to say they probably figured I wouldn't win, but they still wanted to register their voice. Right. So they themselves could be energized to each bring five people next time mm-hmm. or ten people next time. Right. And that threat gives you the ability to be uh, instrumental when selecting the next round of candidates or when you're talking to your town committee saying that I want to support candidates that are going to be actively engaged in bringing about real change for people in the urban setting, irrespective right. of their their racial com- component. If they're in the urban setting, we want to speak uh, for uh, we want to run candidates and have candidates that are going to be there and are not going to compromise when they get there. Mm. And so, so we we need to be uh, more engaged 
and more involved in 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 that aspect. That's that's very good, very good. I mean, I I like the fact that despite you know. Uh, you know how the e- elections have gone that you continue to stay positive knowing that that there can be change in your community if you continue to bring the people together because it's really not if you want a loss it's how can you keep the people immobile mobilizing and, and going forward you also said that the next step after uh, this election was to hold the officials accountable to do their job and uh and you would, you know, uh, educate and and educate the voters and to using and be a watchdog. I think you said that earlier. Using your your television network now, how would you recommend before we get to your television network? How would you recommend in any state that people hold their officials accountable as well as educate those who uh, use their right to vote? Well, there's several ways you can hold elected officials accountable, and they're actually quite simple. And in fact, in my opinion, they're so simple that great energy, effort, and money is used to overcomplicate them. Mm. Uh, one is attending meetings. Mm. Two, speaking at meetings. And three, registering people to vote. Mm. Uh, those three send a clear message to the policymakers and those that are, that are you know, put in positions to execute those policies you know, between your legislative and your executive branches of whatever the municipality or town or state government, state government is. Right. Government does not work top down, it works bottom up. So if mm. you have a dysfunctional base where people become apathetic, it, pre- it presents an opportunity for people in power to do whatever they want going unchecked because there's no one to, to pull their coattails or to hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, by asking questions, you keep them in a place where they have to give you answers. Right. By being a little bit educated in, you know, the question you're asking, you can challenge them when they give you a, a, a response that is either political, evasive, or, you know, flat-out lie. And right. when you do that and others see you do that, now they have to rethink, like, look, man, this is never going to get past the electorate. Mm. And in, in suburban communities, it doesn't get past them. In mm. the urban communities where people are apathetic and people are likely not to vote, you've got this large tax base mm. that contributes but never really receives in return. Even if they don't contribute, federal monies are given on their behalf, and then those monies are spent, but they never go to the individual for which those uh, monies are set aside for. And it's, it's all about the money because it's, right. you know, that's that's the the bottom line, you know. Your right. money you pay into the pool, but you don't you don't get anything back. Right, right. And 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 what's interesting is that um, you know you you have always uh, for quite a while been, uh, as you said, you know you're an activist type of candidate, but you've been an activist in your community. And uh, I just want you to talk a little bit now. Uh, uh, for a few minutes, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll come back with everything else. Uh, tell us a little bit about Light Source Productions and the uh, the different things that you're doing in media, in uh, television, so to speak, uh, in Hartford. Well, we do television programs. We do live programs, uh, you know, every morning um, where we you know teach, educate, and agitate. 
we do film, we do uh, stage plays, we do, uh, you know, we cover different events. Um, I do a lot of, like, philanthropic video taping for community organizations and groups, things along the line. And then um, I do uh, television commercials. Uh, you know, I have about three clients done. Those, those, those clients are, are my bread and butter, so, right. you know, um, that's, that's basically what Light Source Productions does. Right, right, and, and I want to tell you, I, I've, I've, in fact, today I saw, uh, I guess it was, it's a law firm that you mm-hmm. did uh, some product for, very, very professional, very lawyerish, <laughs> if I may say that. If you ever watched, uh, you know, if you're watching regular cable and you see these lawyer shows come on, especially, you know, during the different, you know, judge this and judge that, you know, this one and that one, you see these uh, commercials popping up more and more. And, and I thought that's what I was watching for a minute. I said, wait a minute, I thought I went to Access TV. <laughs> but but that's, that's exactly uh, the type of things that we expect for anyone to do, quality stuff, you know, where you don't know what you're watching, but at the same time, it does educate the people. So if you all want to watch and see what's going on, you can go to accesstv.org. That's accesstv.org. And we will be back to talk about the snitch and what else is going on in Hartford and where the snitch came from. So we'll be right back with our guest. Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Moon 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cut shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, bath accessories, and inspirational music imported from Africa, India, and Asia, as well as jewelry and accessories. So sorry about that. Pause. Something happened. I hope I'm not getting this glitch again. But again, we want to thank you for being a part of the show. If you want to speak to our guest, you can call 213-943-3618. That's 213-943-3618. If you're on the line, we have a few callers. If you want to speak to the guest or ask any questions, you just press the number one, and we will be with you at the appropriate time. Now, 
I want to get to the snitch, which I was blessed to see uh, an hour-long uh, trailer that uh, my brother sent to me. And I, I tell you, other than seeing the different trailers, I can't wait to see uh, what you have in store for us on the 31st of March, 2013. This is when the snitch opens on accesstv.org. And before we get back to our guests, I want to play a soundbite that was uh, first heard by the public uh, around April of 2007. Is there any situation where you think it's okay to talk to the police? Yeah, definitely. Say hello, how you feel, everything all right, period. That's it? There's nothing really to talk about with the police. I mean, for what? If there is a serial killer living next door to you, though, and you know that person is, you know, killing people, would you be a snitch if you called police and told them? If I knew the serial killer was living next door to me? Yeah. No, I wouldn't wouldn't call and tell anybody on them, but... I'll probably move, but I'm not going to call and be like, you know, the serial killer's in 4E. Now, a lot of us probably do remember that. Uh, That was rapper uh, Cameron on CNN with Anderson Cooper. And when he said that, it kind of rippled around the place. But this is a mindset that has been in our communities for quite some time. And uh, my brother Stan has done a, a episodic movie entitled The Snitch, which I said earlier opens up uh, March 31st, 2013. My brother, you hear that clip, and what do you think? Uh, I fully understand what he's talking about and um, and comprehend that. You know, um, to to understand the concept of snitching, one has to understand the the concept of community. Mm -hmm. The community is self-sustaining, self-educating, and self-policing. Our community is not policed by us. Therefore, it makes the police in the community more of an occupying force that's there to contain you rather than to act as a law enforcement agency. Mm -hmm. And with that paradigm it becomes unproductive to cooperate with law enforcement because they're not enforcing laws on your behalf. They're enforcing laws on behalf of those who they represent that have sent them to the community because the same level of force, occupation, and control is not used in other communities. And therein lies the conundrum For our community, and when police expect the community to cooperate, it isn't for their good. It's for the good of the power structure that keeps this occupying force in place. I mean, you know, it's 19, excuse me, it's it's, it's 2013, and the the occupiers aren't, aren't hired to go out and find escaped slaves. However, we're not much far away in mindset of those that are that are in the in in the uh, in the communities uh where where police have been deployed. So uh if the police were working in conjunction with the neighborhood, 
where the neighbors would call the police or the policing agency to stop somebody from perpetrating a crime, that would be different. You take, uh, for example, a little town out in the middle of, you know, uh, let's pick Texas or something like that. And, you know, there's old crazy Bobby up at the hill. His kid is out there shooting off rounds at the, at the cans. And, the, you know, the, the baker's house is out in the back 40. And someone could get hurt. You know, sure, could you just, you know, hey, you know, hey, Tony, come on over here. Now, how many times have I come out here and say, stop shooting off rounds? Hmm. Okay. Now, if it's in our community, everything short of helicopters is out there. SWAT hmm. team, battering ram, guys walking six deep. Now, I've seen this in action because I moved into the community, which I, which I wanted to represent for, for two years, so that I could be on the ground. Right. And, you know, they're high-speed chases. One of my neighbors blew up their car. They're, 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 one of my neighbors blew up a neighbor's car. Mm. Guys getting stabbed, mm. police chases, dogs, all, I mean, whole nine yards. So this isn't something that is theoretical. I, I, I've, I've seen it happen in one of the worst communities in the city of Hartford. And I, can, and I see how the police interact with the citizens. So um, I understand that. When one talks about snitching, though, and the attitude associated with snitching, it goes further than turning in criminals. Mm -hmm. Because to snitch means to speak up. And if you don't speak up, that means you remain silent. And silence is used as a political weapon in our community. Right, right. Because you won't speak up, you won't go to the city council meeting. You won't say anything to anybody about anything, even on on behalf. It is a catch-22. So it's not by accident that our community is in the condition that it is in, that it's in the shape that it's in, and that we have the end result. Because one thing is certain, that if entities within the community do not comply, then sometimes the police accuse you of snitching. Right, right. So right. so the, the whole snitching thing is used as a mechanism of control within the community. Hmm. And that's what we're trying to address. Now, how, how did the whole concept of the snitch because again we know we know the things that go on in the community we know uh even from the the soundbite we know that you know it's not necessarily just you know a problem in certain areas uh that we know of but the people that we see in the media the people that we see that are entertaining us they have the same idea even if something were to happen in their world so to speak they won't tell they won't snitch you know we have two of of our uh, most famous rappers who were murdered and we don't know who killed Tupac and Biggie mm -hmm. or we may know but no one is saying and so this this whole attitude how did that culminate in you making a movie well you know i use the vehicle of television or as we have it now the internet and web video and and, and communications 
to help teach and to explain, make complex things simple through a medium that everyone embraces and looks to as, you know, the legitimizer of anything that is said. If it's on television, it's got to be true. It's on the web, it has to be so. So what better way than to deliver these truths about the community and give people the tools they need to, to change that dynamic? Running for mayor allowed me to see for certain what I was um, uh, presuming so that I wouldn't be presumptuous. Now I know. I mean, I know who the gatekeepers are. I know who all of these people are that stop and block. And so it seemed to me that the music that we used that was done by Ronnie's song, in my mind, I think that's like one of the most brilliant albums ever made. Mm -hmm. And so um, the music in that speaks to the issues that affect our community. And if I can find a way to um, take that music and apply it to what's going on using examples of community gatekeepers, the people that stop progress, how they do it in association with, you know, political structures and, and, and money and, and uh, things that are happening in our community, because I can only, you know, at the end of the day, speak to what's going on in, in Hartford, mm -hmm. then I have a very powerful way to, to, to get that message out. And so that's how, that's what we're trying to do with the snitch. So we, 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 we look at the, at the clergy class the church, we look at the political class, we look at, uh, you know, high office people, and then we look at community groups. So in our, in our ongoing series, we're gonna, someone's going to actually run for office so that they can, so we can teach people what running for office is really like. Right. We, we're going to put people into the conundrum of being an elected official but then having to defend themselves against someone breaking in mm -hmm. and then discharging a gun. And so there's, there's all kinds of critical issues that we deal with that will be dealt with in this kind of reality news drama that we are trying to create that should be very controversial and provocative, uh, specifically to engage people in the discussion. Right. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's very important. Why, why not uh, just one huge movie? Why, why different episodes? Was that a factor in, in what you were going to do? The, the, it, it, because, because the, while the problem is simple, getting people to understand it is not. Mm. Um, you can lecture about it. You can have policies about it. You can campaign on it. Mm. But that falls on flat, on, you know, deaf ears because people don't want to be lectured to. They don't want to hear statistics and hear about your policies and any other thing. You're just another knucklehead politician. Mm -hmm. But if you could present it in a way that people are used to receiving information, then they can say, you know what? That movie's right. I, you know, I'm, I'm going to go down to my Board of Education meeting, just like they did in that show. You know, there's no reason why my school has to have mice running through it. Okay? Right. I, you know, th these kinds of things. And we're using stuff that's very close to them. It isn't mm -hmm. South Central, it's Hartford. And the school in the movie is going to be in Hartford. Mm -hmm. The news mm -hmm. of the day that we use will be real news that happened in their community. Mm -hmm. And so we're making social commentary through the 
project at the same time that we are addressing issues. And the length of time that it takes is because it's going to take us a period of time to deal with issues as they come up. And while there's a framework and there's a, a hard script to it, some of the you know day-to-day activities haven't happened yet. Right, right. Well, I think I think that, uh, or oh, I know, based on what I've seen thus far, and uh, in conversation with you as well, and even with this uh, conversation, that you not you did not only capture what's happening in Hartford, but you're capturing what is going on throughout, you know, the nation in in you know urban neighborhoods and uh i believe that the message that comes out of it and we're going to talk a little bit more about it in a second but the message that comes out of it is going to touch or educate those that would see this so what we're going to do is we're going to play a song that is one of the songs that our brother was inspired by um i have to be biased because i was a part of the group but we're going to play this song and we will be right back after this this is called serious and it's by Kingdom.
right here in this small group know someone who knows someone that that young man. Go ahead, Auntie. Tell it. Look, we are a community, but, but nobody wants to say anything. Anything. Say anything. Auntie, you talking about snitching? Yes. Uh-huh. What's interesting is with that clip is that you really captured all of the different attitudes that run. And like I said, this is more than likely 99.9% in every community. I mean, what what type of, I don't know, uh, research or what made you really uh, develop these characters in that frame of mind? Um, I... I know Hartford. Mm. I, you know, I was running for mayor. I walked the streets of Hartford. I rode the bus for two years. Uh, I walked in the snow and took the bus. For two years, I did not drive a Mm -hmm. car. And uh, I rode the bus, and uh, I would talk to uh, drug dealers on the street. And I would let them know, you know, if I become mayor, things are going to change. I'm going to bring jobs here to give you an alternative. After the alternative has been presented to you, you change the dynamic. At the very least, I could expect to help little old ladies cross the street because mm-hmm. it does not need to be this way in this community. That's isn't the difference between me running for mayor and anyone else in the city. He said, I'm willing to take a bullet. I have no death wish. My problem is not being shot down. It's worrying about will someone come and pick up the torch afterwards. Mm. I says, and that's the kind of leadership you're going to get from me. And they can say, I respect you, brother. I respect Mm. you. I have no problem walking up and down streets at 11 o'clock at night. Mm. So I understand where folks are coming from. I understand why the dynamic is the way that, that it is. And I've heard all of the arguments. You know, and so in 20 years being on television, you know, as quote-unquote Pastor Stan, mm-hmm. you know, people have called and talked to me, and I've heard these arguments ad nauseum. Uh, you know, God didn't watch out for me. We were, you know, snitching and, you know, uh, you know, from, the, from people at the state capitol to people on city council to even the mayor's office. So, you know, I've heard all of the arguments, and it gets frustrating for me mm-hmm. that um, – that the 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 people are running around the boat talking about the water coming in instead of working together to bail the water out. Right. And so right. th- this com- becomes a way that I can uh, try to address it in a manner that helps them understand it and hopefully to educate them because 
at the end of the day, there's one mind, or as we like to say, one brain per operator. Mm. I, I can only I can only put my own brain in check. I I can't make other people do other things. The only thing I can do is present them with the information so that they can make the choice and be satisfied if they choose no. Mm. Knowing okay. I've done I've done all I can at that point. Right. Very good. Very good. Now we 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 came back. Uh, we just went through the song "Serious," but the song that I remembered when I started listening to uh, or watching the videos, I noticed, you know, one song called "King's Kids," which I've been playing, and and ironically, that was the song that introduced me, uh, not physically, but just. Uh, as a listener to music and gospel music at the time was the song King's Kids. And, and from, from that, I did not even know at the time, you know, who did it, but I had followed Ronnie's career for, for a while before that in jazz and everything else. And so uh, a couple of years after that, I ended up meeting him and joining the group. But my why that particular song, or I should say, why that album? Because you do place a few songs from the amazing album on uh, throughout the the movie. The amazing album. This this actually started off as a stage play. There right. is a script for a stage play, but the okay. actors were new, and the way we do, we do what we call scripted improvisation, mm -hmm. and it was taking longer than the summer to get them on board with that, and so what I decided to do, so as not to lose the actors and not to lose their zeal, was to shoot this as a movie, which has evolved to where we are now. And mm. so in the stage play, all of the songs from the Amazing album actually go all the way through. Half of it, half the production is, is those songs. But mm -hmm. Serious has always been my favorite song by Kingdom, and mm. it's been a toss-up between King's Kids and serious. <laughs> right, now, right. If, 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 if the professor, the doctor, is listening, mm -hmm. um, as he has a way to do when, when people are speaking, um, and I have nothing but the tremendous respect for him because he's my, 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 my last mentor. And mm -hmm. so um, I know serious as Changing Time. And right. so there was a song called Changing Times, Old Coke, New Coke, what? Old Coke, New Coke, Old Coke, New Coke, mm -hmm. uh, classic, which is real, which is classic, changing times, mm -hmm. you hear the word. And so when I hear serious, I hear changing times, and changing times was my favorite song, but it never made it on any of the albums. Okay. And so serious, um, the words to serious are, are just so poignant. I mean, I mm -hmm. use it as my outgoing theme on my gospel show for years. Right. Right. Um, it is the rally cry. It is the battle cry to those who who are uh, in the work of spiritual enlightenment to get serious. And mm -hmm. all of these, you know, we have churches everywhere. These inner city murders uh, with the you know black on black crime and the youth um, happening within you know walking distance of churches is uh, like an unacceptable paradigm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I say that given that I understand why what's happening in the urban setting is happening is by design. But mm -hmm. two strong men cannot occupy the same house. Right, right, right Where right. is Where is the authority that stands with the, with the staff and, and, and plants that staff in the ground and says, 
this shall stop no more. Mm -hmm. And if we don't see that, then the only thing we can think of is that it's missing, but it needs to be reengaged, it needs to be re-energized. And if, 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 if people of faith take a stand, great things can happen. It's, Absolutely. It, 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 every great movement in the, on, on the planet has happened by people of faith. Right. I think I, what's interesting with Sirius is that uh, I, actually I was talking to him today, and one of the things that I mentioned was that when I saw some of the scenes that you have in the in the movie, I I was you know it took me back to when we actually did a a video to the song Sirius. And I started to look to see some of the scenes that we did because it looked, you know, some of the, obviously you may have shot in some of the places that we actually did the, the video in. So, you know, now he's going to go and look for it. And if he puts it up anywhere, I'm going to be so embarrassed. But, uh, <laughs> but, but the, the movie itself does capture the songs and the songs do capture uh, uh, the movie, and I think I think it is well. It is definitely well written. It is well done, and I I definitely do encourage all of those who are listening that you set yourself ready, get your schedule set, and on the thirty uh, first of March that you go to accesstv.org, accesstv.org, and you how will they be able to view it? All they have to do is just go there, and it, it will play. It'll be the, the dedicated first first offering. When you log on, it will play automatically, and uh, it'll be up. It'll be the first offering for two weeks, and then it'll flow into the, you know, into the way we present our programming. Every every show that comes pushes the last show back one. And let me just say, this is a good network you need to go. They talk about a wide range of things, and I'm not one to sit and just watch stuff just for the sake of watching it. Something caught me when I started watching the different programs or different shows. They talk about everything from relationships to you name it. They talk about it, and I think uh, it is a good uh, testament to what hard work, commitment, uh, a commitment to our people, a commitment to people in general, because uh, you really have to have both. We want our people to rise, but we don't want anyone else to fall. So it is. I believe that is something that uh, we all need. Again, I said earlier in the program, get involved, support people, support. If it's going and watching, telling someone someone else to go and watch, because even numbers, even a, 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 a five hundred views, five thousand views, make someone realize and know uh, that that what they're doing, uh, even though it's always worth it, but that people are really interested in it, interested in it. And uh, what we're going to do right now, I want to play another teaser from The Snitch, and this is uh, one of my favorite parts of it. I mean, when I first heard it, I said, this is uh, uh, incredible. So let's, let's uh, play this little one-minute clip, and then we'll be back on the other side of it. See, now it takes courage, honey, to stand up for what you believe in, to fight for what is right, to risk your life, sacrifice, to walk by faith and not fear, to protect lives that are so dear. But to sit and do nothing, you remain part of the problem and not part of the solution. The evil persists 
the wrong keeps going on, more lives will die. And why? Because you don't want to be called a snitch, a witch. You think you'll die simply because you provide a tip? How ludicrous. See, now it takes courage, honey, to stand up for what you believe in, to fight for what is right, to risk your life, sacrifice, to walk by faith and not fear, to protect lives that are so dear. That is so true. And that is so deep. And, and, and I mean, like I said, it is well written. It is well uh, put together. You know, I, I haven't seen it in its form that is going to be on the 31st, but I know that I am definitely going to be watching it probably over and over and over again. Uh, I, I want, I want to ask you, what do you think or do you feel that part of this idea, because we're going to be, um, Wrapping up in a minute, uh, do you think that part of the idea in terms of the snitching aspect, in ter- terms of don't say anything, uh, almost like a don't ask, don't tell in a different way, is also as a result of what we have been seeing uh, in different movies? You know, like you snitch and all of a sudden they know you you said something and they come and they they come and kill your family and everything. Do you think that plays a part as well, or is it just the reality based? situations that have happened in the community? Well, I I don't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily say that it is the movies. I think art imitates life more than life imitating art. Um, I think that what, what, I think that, you know, people are genuinely afraid um, to speak up because you can lose your life. Uh, people that you love dearly can get hurt if you speak up. And that is why it takes courage, as, uh, you know, Daryl Fitzgerald mentions in his poem. It takes courage, and that's what we need. You know, fear cancels out faith. Mm -hmm. And so if we are going to be faithful people, if we're going to uh, be able to uh, take the moral high ground and to push back, uh, you know, elements within the community that are not good for the community, it takes courage. And there are far more people in every community that are upstanding and good, but their silence puts them as, you know, coveted allies of the forces of darkness because they're silent, and so they speak up and say nothing. And so they become hostages in their own homes, and that is unacceptable. Once upon a time, if you said something walking in our community as a little child, it got back home and <laughs> you were, t- you know, you just, it, it was unacceptable. And now we've got young people who totally will disrespect anybody. That That has happened because we've allowed it to happen, but it can change in, in very short order once we determine Today is the day that we, we take a stand. Today is the day that it is no longer the same. We're not going to let other people, you know, do the psychoanalysis, you know, the psychoanalysis and, and analyze us and tell us how we're supposed to behave and be and, and act. You know, we've come through much tougher times than this and done great things. We can make it through this time and do even greater things. And I think also it it, it, it in addition to all of that, it's about numbers. You know, mm. one person may not... 
uh, or may feel that by himself, but if they know that they're more with them, you know, there's power in numbers. And I think that, you know, to, to, to be someone that would allow or to let, uh, uh, things go on in their community it's 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 just as bad you know and, and you're actually a part of the problem than you are a solution to the problem so on that note as we wind down to those young people who have lost respect to those law uh young people who have maybe not been raised in a certain way where they you know have disrespect not only for their mothers and their fathers but they have disrespect for authority as a whole how would you encourage them uh to be more uh uh to have more courage to stand out in their community as someone that is a part of the solution rather than a part of the problem i would encourage them to become leaders Leaders set the example, and we we need to tap into and unlock the leader in young people. So my my, cur- my my words of encouragement to young people would be: be the leader you're meant to be. You weren't born to follow anybody. Mm. You are the cream of the crop. You are the survivors of those who, for whatever reason, could not make it, would not make it, did not make it. Too many lives and too much blood was spilled so that you could breathe air now. You are the cream of the crop. Do not let any system or people tell you that you are less than the potential that has yet to emerge. But it will never emerge if you continue to be a follower. Be a leader. Be the change agent in your community. Do something remarkable that causes others to say, he was worth something. You don't think you're going to live past 20? Then make your 20 years here worth something so that when 21 comes, you can say, hey, I made it a year past what I thought, and look at the great things I'm, do- I'm, do- I'm doing. And so and I, I think our young people need to be encouraged and, and challenged to become leaders that they are. They weren't mm-hmm. made to be followers. They're made to be leaders. Mm-hmm. Follow no wow. one. Wow, that's good. That's that's good. I couldn't have said it better myself, and I would not even try. Well, brothers and sisters, I want to thank my brother here, Mr. J. Stan McCauley. You can check him out and check the station out at accesstv.org. Do not forget The Snitch opens on March 31st, 2013. And if uh, uh, there is anything that you want to ask him, you can definitely go there, and uh, there's, I'm sure there's a link there that you can, you know, send an email. Or do you have an email, a special email address for questions or comments? Yes, oddly enough, my email address is Hartford Mayor mm. at gmail.com. I refuse to give it up. <laughs> and that's also your. Will you run again? Uh, I got to be political in this. I will never close the door <laughs> on political opportunities. <laughs> okay, okay, very good, very good. Well, then I'm going to be the host of the most, and I'm going to say if you do decide to run, try to come here and announce it first. I most certainly will make you that promise. And promises by their nature are immutable to change. <laughs> All right, so thank you very much, Mr. J. Oh, what happened here? Mr. J. Stan McCauley, I appreciate it. We're going to be doing some work later on in the in the year, and I really do appreciate 
appreciate you being a part of the show and sharing the wisdom with not only us old heads, but also the young people who really need some encouragement and to know that there is hope at the, uh, not even on the other side of the tunnel, but through the tunnel, there is always hope. And so for all those who have been listening, I want to thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for listening to the Keys 107 Network. This show, of course, as all the shows on the Keys, will be archived so you can let someone know, hey, there's some wisdom going on on that station. They can listen to our shows. They can listen. There's a lot of shows here, and I would uh, uh, encourage you to visit the Keys107Network.com and just take a browse through the, the website. There will be a show for you, or all the shows will be for you. Also, if you cannot come on the Internet, if you cannot come uh, uh, on a phone call and, and listen from time to time, you can also download the Blog Talk app. Uh, on your smart device, and and it will be we will be with you anytime you want to listen, listen to the archives or listen to uh, the live shows. Once again, I thank everyone. I thank my guests today. I also uh, want to thank my sister, um, Lady Soldier, for being a part of the show. She's probably asleep now, and <laughs> she will definitely be back on the show again. And uh, as I said, you know, Brother Stan is also welcome to be a part of the show, and I look forward uh, to working with him. Uh, Sister Rafika Muhammad, Brother James T. Muhammad, I want to thank you all also. And Brother J.R. Strong, my brother from another mother, for, for allowing me this opportunity to speak to the people, listen to the people. And uh, next week, on this broadcast, we have a special, all my guests are special, but we have a special guest uh, that I've, I've, I've met many years ago, did some work with her, and her name is Dawn Penn. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm going to play three seconds of a song. Y'all know who that is. You should know by now because that song is worldwide known by the masses. So don't forget to come next week, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you will get a nice interview with Dawn Penn. She has a, she has a lot going on, and we definitely want to hear what's happening in her life now. So once again, thank you for being a part of the program, and we are going to end Oh, before we end, let me just say that tomorrow we're back on. Not we are, but there's a show tomorrow, Thursday at 6 p.m. You want to listen to Rafika Soares Muhammad and James T. Muhammad for the Keys 107 program. And then after that at 9.30 p.m., uh, there is TRU School with Shango Blake. And I want to thank you all again for being a part of the program. We're going to end with the song serious.